we're finally doing this. We are. This is happening. Oh my gosh. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Real Talk, your brand new podcast discussing all things film and TV, hopefully every fortnight. I'm your host, Katie Payne, and today I'm joined by... Matthew Tyrrell. Now, how do we know each other? <laughs> um, we've been dating for over two years now. That's crazy. Yeah, two that's... years and two months, I believe. That's nuts. I know. <laughs> but the one thing that we bonded over when we first started uh, talking to each other was film and TV. That was a massive part, specifically us being gigantic nerds. Absolutely. So today, in to start off this new podcast at the beginning of a new year... We're going to start with probably one of the biggest films of last year. No, it is not Endgame. It's Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. A lot of controversy here, as so many different opinions are floating around. We've got scripts coming out of our ears with two directors, different people from Disney to George Lucas to Colin Trevorrow saying things. Are you ready to get into this? Absolutely. Right. Let's do this. I'd say our initial reactions when we came out of the cinema was we really loved it. I, I very much had a similar reaction to when I came out to see Endgame. There were a lot of... I could say this was a love letter to the Star Wars fans. There were so many things that we saw in it that we thought, wow. I mean, I... There were things in it that I saw that I didn't think I'd ever see in a Star Wars film. One of those, actually, which is quite an interesting point, the existence of the yellow lightsaber, which Rey had at the end of the film, that is something that I never thought I would saw... Sorry. That is something that I never thought I would see in the films. I only thought that only existed in games. Yeah, it's yeah. been floating around in the canon for a number of years now. Yeah, but it never really appeared until... It never really appeared in a film until The Rise of Skywalker. It didn't, and I know that I had a great time with this film. Obviously, it's got problems, but do you know what? It was fun. Yes. I had fun in the film, and that's what I want out of Star Wars. I don't want to be miserable for the entire time. No. I want to be enjoying things. I want to be cheering on our heroes. I want to see people fall and rise again. Another one for me was the, <clears throat> the featuring of all the past Jedi, and we're not talking about Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, Jedi that had existed in the prequel films. I'm also talking about characters that weren't in the films, but were in the TV series, the Ahsoka. animated TV series. Ahsoka, yep. Kanan Jarrus. From Fallen Order, right? No, Kanan Jarrus was from Rebels. Rebels. Cal Kestis is the one in Jedi Fallen Order, but we had Kanan Jarrus and we had Ahsoka. And like to me, that was one of the love letters. That was one. That of was one of the features that made me think, yes, this is a love letter to the fans. That was at one point in the cinema where I was hitting Matt's arm, like freaking <laughs> out. Particularly when I, I heard Hayden Christensen's voice, and he's like, "Bring balance, Ray," like I did, and I lost my mind. It's also, went nuts. It was also interesting. They featured the voices of some of the lesser-known Jedi that were in the prequel, such as a character uh, like Luminara and Dooley, who actually played. A bigger role in the Clone Wars than she did in the movies. Massively. I think that was like one of the big things. And I understand that when we got to see the big fleets and they came to the to the aid of the Rebellion. Yes. That was cool. Resistance, sorry, not the Rebellion. I'm getting my Rebellion and Resistance confused. Yeah, the Resistance. Well, it was, it was the Resistance, but they had 
called for help from the rest of the galaxy. That was that was pretty cool. I did get major Endgame portal vibes though with it. I did too. <laughs> we did talk about did. this afterwards. There was also the. I mean, it was interesting. I think the 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 one interesting thing about the about the rise of Skywalker for me was the return of Emperor Palpatine. Yes. Now. I assumed that when he popped up in the trailer that it would actually be explained how he's returned, but it wasn't. That's one thing. So this is getting more into our kind of more overall review. Let's start with, let's do a classic when you, you know, when you drop the bad news first and then you do the good news. Let's start with the things maybe we weren't so sure about, things yeah. we didn't like, we have questions about that we think should have been answered. Yes. Uh, Palpatine. I liked Palpatine. I'm always happy to see more Palpatine because he is one of my favourite villains. Yeah. However, yes. How did Palpatine survive getting like thrown down a force lightning tube by Darth Vader? Well, the interesting thing is, is that this was something that happened in the now considered non-canon Legends comics. There is a storyline that happens in that where Palpatine has returned, but the, the the way he returns is because the dark side of the Force has an ability where you can tr transfer your conscience out of your existing body into, say, like a clone body. So what Palpatine was able to do in the Legends comics was, as he was dying on the Death Star 2, he was able to transfer his conscience, his mind and consciousness, from his dying body into one of the many clone bodies mm -hmm. that he had on one of his ships. That's how he was able to return. And I thought to myself, well, maybe... I mean, it's not explained in The Rise of Skywalker how he returns, but I thought, well, that could be a possibility. I mean, they do touch on cloning in The Rise of Skywalker, so that could be a possible explanation as to how mm. he's returned. There was that, and also in the Aftermath books. And yes, you can you can get annoyed with how I say Aftermath of Aftermath. Uh, I'm posh, okay? Um, but the one big thing that they touched on is that Palpatine had a cloning facility on Jakku, which is where my idea and a lot of people's theories came about Rey being a clone. Was she made specifically by Palpatine? And we'll get into the whole Rey Palpatine thing in a moment. Yeah. I think the theory that we had initially was that she was created through the Force like by a, Palpatine. Like Anakin was. was yeah. He manipulated the midichlorians to do this. Yeah. And I think it was interesting because we got Mecha Palpatine in that robotic arm thing. We did. Which was kind of cool. But one thing with Palpatine that I like, just to balance out the kind of confusion, I liked the fact that in the end he was Snoke. Because a big part of why I think we liked The Rise of Skywalker is that we were both not massive fans of The Last Jedi. Yeah. And it's been a trend that I've seen from a bunch of friends that I've spoken to and other people that get involved in movie reviews. Snoke's death in The, uh, the Last Jedi was one of the few problems that I had with it because they built him up to be this really mysterious character and we all wondered like who is Snoke? For, who is this do character? you remember the theory running around for ages people thought he was Darth Plagueis the Wise yep. because he had looked Palpatine's like little... apprentice we were like this is so interesting or was he his, he was his master wasn't he? Uh, Darth Plagueis was yeah he was the apprentice he was a Dark Lord of the Sith and the apprentice of Darth Sidious himself now what he was able to do it. The reason he was called the Wise was because he was able to use the Force to create life. He was able to use the midichlorians yeah. to not only create life, but he was also able to use them to 
basically keep keep his loved ones from dying. Which is how obviously we get yeah. the Anakin turning to exactly. the seduction to the dark side. And the backstory is is that he taught Darth Sidious everything that he knew, and that led to his downfall. So what happened was because of because the Sith have this rule of two, mm-hmm. Palpatine. When he became more powerful than he had been, he needed an, an apprentice of his own. Now, he couldn't have one unless his master Played was killed. Him. So he basically killed him in his sleep. Yeah, and we all knew. Which is what, which is the story that's explained in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and I think with Palpatine as well, is that class... Come on, let's be honest. We've all saw, we all saw the prequels when we were kids, particularly our generation. We're 90s kids. Yes. So the prequel Star Wars were our Star Wars. The Phantom Menace came out in 99. Oh my God, I was too. <laughs> uh, don't I feel old? I love it. I was about... How old was I? Five? Five? Five, yeah. Yeah. And... He's just evil the entire time. Come on, you can tell. That man's doing, like, evil head turns the entire time. Yes. But I think with Palpatine coming back, it's... I personally liked how they explained it away. And actually, again, I had that, oh, snap moment in the cinema. Yeah. When you could see, like, multiple bodies of, like, different versions of Snoke around in when it's on, um, name the planet, Ex- Exegol. Yeah, Matt's here is my fact checker for Star Wars. Yep, Exegol, which is located in the Unknown Regions. Yeah, and I think that was really interesting. And I liked the fact that the whole time, you know, Palpatine has this interesting pull on all the Skywalker boys. Yes. <laughs> he does, and the fact that he literally used his own grandfather, Fen's grandfather, against him to turn him back to the dark side. I was like, that's... Actually, that's quite clever. I will yeah. give I will give Palpatine that. I will I will say with JJ Abrams he did come up with a really interesting theory as a way to basically explain yeah why was Snoke killed off in the last Jedi we we built him up to be this amazing character like we mentioned previously but then it's explained at the beginning of the movie when Kylo Ren visits Exegol to confront the emperor well former emperors we'll say um, and he says, I created Snoke. And it's all the different voices, and we hear Andy Serkis's voice, and we hear James L. Jones's voice for the yep. Vader in his head. I thought that was really clever, and he was giving him the visions from the, um, from the helmet, and the idea of um, Ray and Ben being these polar opposites. I, I forget it's Andy Serkis that was Snoke. Yeah, I forget that. Mocap, the, ma- the man yep. of mocap. But yeah, so that that was an interesting yeah. theory that Palpatine was behind the creation of the First Order and obviously the creation of Snoke I'm himself. A, and actually, as someone that wasn't a fan of the Last Jedi, I could get on board with that quite happily. Like we were both quite pleased with that. Me too. But now I feel we got to move on from Palpatine to yeah something that caused a lot of controversy on the internet and amongst Star Wars fans. Raylo is canon. Yes. Raylo is canon, guys. I mean, I will. I I'm probably of the unpopular opinion that I wasn't a big fan of it initially, but I think it's not. It's a ship that is. <laughs> I can see your face there. It's not my absolute favorite ship in Star Wars, but it is one that I can happily live with. Oh, I can hell get on board with it now. Because at first I was like, "Don't be stupid." Don't be ridiculous. This dick killed Han Solo, my favorite character in all of Star Wars. But then by the end, I was like, can, can, can they make out now? Like, <laughs> and they did. They kissed at the end. But I loved, 
I think because this is the one thing I really liked about Last Jedi is they made the connection between Rey and Ben really apparent. They did. I really liked that. And like Ryan Johnson, I will give you props for that as well because that was a great way of having the two of them kind of come together. And there's that line in The Rise of Skywalker where she's basically like wounded Kylo halfway through his body. Oh, she- I will tell you, Ky- um, Ben Solo's redemption is probably one of my favourite parts of the Rise of Skywalker. That was so good, man. I was... Because I said... And I've, I've said this to you ever since that we started dating we would talk about Star Wars. Kylo Ren can go two ways. He either needs to die the most miserable death ever... Yes. Or he needs to have the best goddamn redemption out of anybody. Like, this redemption needs to be better than Darth Vader. Yes. Like, it needed to be... Darth Vader's redemption was more... I felt Darth Vader's was a bit last minute because he was about to die and he, he sacrificed does. himself to save Luke, which... Right at the end. Right at the end. With Ben, it was a lot more plotted because you could see this constant, throughout all three films, constant pull to the light because he had Leia. I was about to say Carrie. Well, he, he had been feeling a pull to the light since The Force Awakens. He had. And I will say one of the things that I loved and really got me in the heart... in, like, pulled my heartstrings was when they're on like the wreck of Death Star 2. Yes. And Ray's healed him and she said, I was going to take you. I wish you know, it was like, I was going to take your hand, Ben. That got me right in the Ben's feels. hand. Yeah. That and also when he sees the vision of Han. That got me. Oh my that God. That really got me. That broke me. I was in tears in the cinema because it was this beautiful moment of seeing his father. I will say one thing that could have been... And also, like I said, Han is my favourite Star Wars character. I genuinely feel that what what brought Ben back to the light was his mother's death. That was, oh my gosh, Carrie Fisher's death and this, oh my god. And I think the reason a vision of Han Solo appears is because that's something that, even though he killed his own father to basically demonstrate his commitment to the dark side, that, that might have been something that he might have been dwelling on and would have, you know, contributed towards his pull back to the light because he would have thought, oh my God, I've just killed my own father and for what? And we see it again in The Last Jedi as well when he's in his TIE fighter against the, the Resistance yes. Legion yeah. because he can't kill his mother. No. And I think I've seen a couple of different people do takes on this and I like one idea other than the Han is that if... It's because my love for Hayden Christensen knows no bounds because I love Clone Wars. And as I've gotten older and I can like the prequels for what they are now, I can enjoy them because I grew up with them and they're fun. Phantom Menace, maybe not. But like Revenge of the Sith, fantastic. I really like that. That's the the best one of the prequels in my opinion. Um, Seeing Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, basically saying, what the hell do you think you're doing, you dum-dum? Yes. Would have been really good. So he could basically be like, I went back to the light. That would have been really interesting, but I think the Han Solo moment, because we had Leia giving up her life force for Ben, and it was her life force that kept him on like the earthly, if we can call it earthly, plane. Yes. And he can give his life force then to Rey. Yeah. I thought that was a beautiful way to actually connect the Skywalkers, to give her a pseudo-family. Yes. Because... Yeah, the whole thing about her being a Palpatine, which we will get onto in a moment, that he wasn't, whilst it's her biological family, the Skywalkers and the Solos became her actual her family. Her real family. She yeah. did feel like 
when Han died and you could see her face when Han died, that one well, well, that broke me into a million pieces. But it's really interesting because we can actually see something that is this completion of the circle. And I think that's what I really liked is that we did get to see her finally kind of... And because she took Ben's life force and Ben gave it to her willingly. Yeah. Her at the end of the film dubbing herself a Skywalker. Yes. With the approval of Luke and Leia looking on. I think it does make it appropriate. It does. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I do. Right. Moving on. We got to talk about Ray Palpatine. We've, Ray Palpatine. The biggest theory we've had in the modern Star Wars trilogy, who were Ray's parents? Turns out Ray's parents were nobodies. It was her granddaddy that was the important one this well, whole time. It's, it's explained that they deliberately made themselves nobodies because Ray's father did not want anything to do with his father Palpatine and you know you're not going to wonder why because you know he's this he's the most evil character he's the Dark Lord of the Sith yeah and this is something that again I've heard mixed reviews on how do you feel about Ray being a Palpatine um when I first saw it in the cinema I thought it was an incredible twist Really liked I it. thought it was an incredible twist. I mean, I'm gonna get hate on the internet for this. I like <laughs> it a lot. I mean, we, we will touch on this a bit later, but I mean, it was an interesting take on Ray's background, and we will t- again, we will touch on this a bit later. Um, the way Colin Trevorrow would have approached it mm-hmm. was a whole lot different to how J.J. Abrams did. Yeah. Do you remember back when The Force Awakens came out? I know that my initial theory was that she was a Kenobi. I don't know if it was the British accent. Yeah. Like, the, like the, the posh English that I have. I'm not sure how that would have worked unless Kenobi had a child with Duchess Satine. <laughs> Him and Satine were getting yeah. on during the Clone Wars. Yeah, um, unless, you know, maybe he could have met... I mean, obviously when the Galactic Empire arose and he, you know, he exiled himself to Tatooine. Well, not exiled, but he hid himself on Tatooine. Yeah. You know, he wasn't formally a Jedi. He might have, you know, he might have still practiced the teachings he, of the he Force. He could have had one drunk night out in a canteen. He could have met somebody. <laughs> yeah, he could <laughs> have met somebody know. there. You don't know. Um, there was obviously the classic, is she a Solo? Is she a Skywalker? But um, I liked the theory for a while, like I said, that she was created by Palpatine on purpose. Yes. That was a great theory, but I feel like, I swear a lot of people that liked The Last Jedi get annoyed. Because this idea of, oh, we've got a retcon, The Last Jedi, because some people liked it. I actually think it was a great way of explaining your parents were nothing because they made themselves nothing on purpose to keep her hidden from Palpatine. Yes. But guys, that also means we've got to accept one thing. Someone was willing to have sex with Palpatine. (laughs) Why? Have you seen that man's face? An interesting point is that Kylo Ren didn't know of Palpatine until he, whatever he did to basically reveal himself in The Rise of Skywalker. And that's when he tried to find a Sith Wayfinder and go to Exegol to confront him. So I think at the time of The the Last Jedi, he probably, I think he was telling Rey the truth. They were nobody. Yeah, I think he didn't know. I think it was when he meets Palpatine that he realises... Okay, right, now I understand. So they made themselves nobody yeah. because they wanted to get away from Palpatine. I will say, halfway through the film, I actually guessed that she was going to be a Palpatine. Yeah. Do you know the point I'm talking about? Which point? Force lightning. 
Yes. We see Force Lightning yes, out of Ray's that, that, that was a big, big thing. The minute I saw it, I was like, she's a Palpatine. I called it. She's a fucking Palpatine. Well, I, I thought she could have been either um, a creation of Palpatine's or a, relate, a relative. Yeah. But when it came out that she was his granddaughter, that's when I thought, okay, that makes a bit of sense. It does. And I feel like... I'm sorry, Star Wars fans that don't like it. I feel like it was a really interesting way to go because we had someone it was. who had all the makings of the family to be classically evil in Airports. I mean, with Palpatine's return, I like to think there are theories as to how he returned. And, you know, yeah. as I said earlier, with, the le- with his return in the Legends comics... Yeah. It could have been a similar case. That is one thing I wish that we did see with JJ. In all fairness, like the first act of this film was very quick. I feel like actually they could have generally have done like an endgame. They could have made a three-hour film easily and just explained a little bit more yes. of the ideas behind how did Palpatine return. Maybe we saw a few flashbacks of Ray as a child with her parents. I know we saw a, like a quick bits and bobs, yes. but I would like to have seen a bit more. Yeah. And also there's one thing I wish they explained was if you watch The Force Awakens and you know when Ben's having his kind of like freak out moment he's going ape on the um the computer with his lightsaber. Yes. And he says um and they escaped with a girl and he pulls a guy and goes what girl? He, what girl? There you go. Matt can do impressions better than I can. But it's that moment of clearly he knows she's something important. And it's interesting because I don't know how he knew that unless somehow Palpatine through Snoke was kind of like feeding him information about Rey in his dreams or in their training. Like, I would have liked it a little bit more explained or the one we've all been complaining about for the past like five years. How did Maz Kanata get Luke's lightsaber? Why was it like, how did she get it from Cloud City? Like, where did it go on Cloud City? Where did it go? How did she find it? Like, it's in the middle of the sky. Yes. Like, obviously there's going to be some things, but this is what we said. It's not a perfect film, but it was a love letter. It was. It honestly was. Uh, I got... And um, I think there was a YouTuber whose name I cannot remember who made, who pointed out that there's this whole thing about lightsaber colours sort of denoting people's, you know, Jedi's characteristics and personalities. Mm-hmm. Blue, I think, meaning Jedi Guardian, meaning they use the Force a bit in a bit more of a physical way. Green, I cannot remember. I mean, anyone is more than welcome to update me on that and what the green-coloured lightsaber means. But I feel yellow mean. He said that yellow was the colour that the Sentinel, that the Jedi Sentinels, Sentinels used. used. I've heard about the Sentinels, which I thought was quite interesting. For a while, I thought we might have gotten the Ahsoka white lightsabers. Oh, yes. But I did like at the end that Rey made her lightsaber out of her old staff. She did. And it has the ability to be double-ended, which I'm like, yes. Which I did not know. I googled it the other day just to double-check. So that's really interesting. So overall... I just love lightsabers. I just love lightsabers. I mean, think about it. We all wanted one. We all had one as kids. I had the really crappy one from like Asda. If you could have between a wand... From the Harry Potter universe or a lightsaber, what would you have? Don't do this to me. <laughs> That's hard. See, at the moment, I would probably have a lightsaber. If I had a wand, I could make a lightsaber. <laughs> that is a very good point. I could maybe find kyber crystals. I don't know, but... Accio kyber crystal. <laughs> from some distant galaxy. <laughs> but no, out of the three sequel trilogy films that we have, where would you put this one? Um... 
Because that is a really difficult one. That is a very difficult one. I would probably put this one above Revenge of the Sith. So if I had a top three, mm-hmm. it would be Empire Strikes Back. Classic. The Rise of Skywalker and Revenge of the Sith. Interesting. Empire is always going to be my favourite. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because it was I do like Return of the Jedi, but there's something about... I think it's because Empire is the best one. It is the best of one. Of the original trilogy. I think out of the sequel trilogy, my favourite is still The Force Awakens. Yeah. The Force Awakens really was... actually It was actually the first Star Wars film I saw in the cinema. Because do you know what? The Force Awakens was in my top three, and I think that will have uh, probably... How do I compare it? Kind of like, this is, this is a Harry Potter reference here. So, the Tri-Wizard Tournament, there's only three wizards. It was like the ad and then the so, Harry pops yeah, out of nowhere. The three, yeah, the three wizards are, in my opinion, representational of my top three Star Wars films. And The Force Awakens is the fourth, which is Harry. It's like the honourable <laughs> If that men- makes sense to it's anybody. It's like the honourable mention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a really interesting way because... There is lots about The Last Jedi I can enjoy. For stars, the cinematography is stunning. Yeah. But there's just something about this that felt more Star Wars compared to The Last Jedi. And I think that's why I felt I liked it. Because at the end of the day, we were talking about this, and I hate using that phrase, sorry, is that Star Wars fans are bitter. I will happily admit that, and everyone can come for me on the internet. That is fine. Yeah. But there is this idea that they have to be perfect and they have to be this amazing thing all the time they're fun and do you know what i had far more fun in this film than i did in the last jedi me too so that's yeah okay let's move on time to process this because in the past what was it two weeks two three weeks about two weeks we have had massive updates from colin trevorrow for anyone that doesn't know, Colin Trevorrow was going to do episode 9. It was going to be J.J. Abrams, then Ryan Johnson, then Colin Trevorrow, and J.J. was going to stay on as kind of like a script advisor. Yeah. And what happened was is that creative differences occurred. I think it was to do with the fact that Last Jedi didn't do very well in terms of... It did great critically. Yes. But the fans, a lot of the fans, ourselves included, did not enjoy it. I was actually kind of heartbroken at some points. Yeah. Also, how dare you kill off Luke Skywalker in such a crappy manner. I'm still angry about it to this well, day. Well, it was interesting. Um, I watched a video recently. And it explained that Hamill... Because a lot of the questions that were raised were... What killed Luke Skywalker? Or what made him go to the Force? What made him a Force ghost? Um, and Mark Hamill actually... He gave a really interesting explanation, and he compared it to having a heroin overdose. <laughs> Basically, you imi- can overdose on the force, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. You imagine, here. imagine spending just under thirty years not doing drugs, and then at the last minute, you basically you you basically get back into it and you have an overdose. That was what happened okay. with Luke Skywalker. So, him projecting his himself on the planet, uh, the name that I cannot remember, the uh, snow planet on um, in The Last Jedi. So the way he was able to use the Force to project himself when he confronted Kylo, mm-hmm. that he had to conjure up a lot of Force power to make that happen. And I think that was what wore him out 
and basically killed him and basic and yeah. made him one with the force. Yeah, because I know that with the Conor Javaro script, which was going to be Star Wars Episode Nine, and it's Duel- ver- I'd, I'd say what the synopsis for this is very interesting. It's really interesting. It would have been called Jewel of the Fates, which is one of the best pieces of music John Williams has ever given us. Dun 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 dun. Brilliant. One, it is. It's the best moment in Revenge of the Sith. It is. It's no, fa- the Phantom Menace. Fan- is it Phantom Menace? Oh, of course yeah. it is. It's the Darth Maul, Qui Gon Jinn, Obi Wan fight in ignore the Phantom me, Menace. Ignore me. It's the only good part of the Phantom <laughs> Menace is the Darth Maul fight. Yes. Uh, and it is. It's one of the best pieces of music Star Wars has ever had. It was. Um, it's quite different. It sounds fun, but also it has its problems. Yes. So what would have happened is. No Palpatine. No, Palpatine would have remained dead. Palpatine would have been dead, so no, the dead speak in the opening crawl. It would have been Supreme Leader Kylo Ren as our big bad. That would have been it. It's quite interesting because it would have opened with the First Order conquering most of the galaxy. But they rule nearly all of the galaxy. Maybe some things in the Outer Rim, but like the majority of the galaxy. And on Coruscant, they've installed... what's, What's the word? They've put... General Hux, well, former General Hux... As Chancellor. In in charge as Chancellor Hux on Coruscant, which so I think no, would have been a very interesting um, choice for the character. So no, I'm the spy! No. That was something that threw me off guard. JJ went in a completely different direction yeah. with that, In all fairness, General going Hux. back to that, I wasn't a massive fan of Hux being the spy just to I wasn't either, Kylo. to be honest. That was one thing that, <laughs> that I wasn't did sure go, That did make me look at you in the cinema and go, what the frick is going on? But one thing that's really interesting is that it would have been very different in that blocked communications with other neighbouring systems. We still would have had, you know, continuing her Jedi training, figuring out, like, what the order's going to look like, and then with working with Leia to kind of formulate a plan to save the Resistance. And the idea is, as the script goes along, she keeps doing her training, but she also explores the galaxy with Poe and BB-8 in particular, of how to fix the Jedi Order. So we've got a little bit more backstory in how the future of the Jedi is going to go and kind of what she's learnt. Yep. We would have still had him going to Mustafar, Kyla going to Mustafar, which I loved. The fact we got to see Mustafar again. I forgot again. about that, actually. Uh, that entire sequence where he's just ripping into people completely. But instead of having um, the Wayfinders and going to Exegol, we would have something called the Sith Holocron, which is basically like the Wayfinders. The Holocrons are actually in Star Wars Rebels. They're in Rebels, so we would have had that connection to Rebels, which yes. would have been really nice. And would have had a hologram of Palpatine. So that would have been the only chance we would have got a Palpatine. So we would have still had Ian McDermott coming back and kind of reprising his role. But it would have been a hologram meant for Darth Vader to be basically... And sends Kylo then to train with his former master, Tor Valen. He's like some... This is the bit where I don't like. He's like, instead of having like some actual like Sith badass guy, it's some like 7,000 year old like Lovecraftian villain alien thing. Like, really creepy. I don't know if he's, like, Cthulhu or what. Who's this character? So this would have been um, Palpatine's other ma- former master, Tort Valen. He's, like, 7,000 years old. Tort Valen. Tort Valen. T-O-R space V-A-L-E-N. Right. Weird name. But he only trains with him for, like, a scene. And then he sees Rey when he's defeated by, like, a vision of Darth Vader in a force cave. So we would have seen... Like him do the Dagobah Force Cave. Yes. So we would have had that reference there, and they would have crossed past the fight on a planet. 
uh, not on the Death Star, which I personally liked seeing the wrecks of the Death Star and where they are. I thought that was a really nice callback. Yes, it was. Um, and it was the Death Star too. The second well. one. So that's why we had that. I loved that shot where she kind of walks through the Palpatine throne room. Yes. And she sees the dark version of herself. That was beautiful. I loved that. Also, Dark Ray. I that kind of kind of links to the the Dagobah scene. So you can see instead of it being Kylo, we would have had Ray doing it. Yeah. And this idea that. Basically, instead of Ray's parents being nobody and kind of being murdered by Palpatine, it says here, she believes that there's something good still inside Ben. As same thing there, but she falters when he admits that he killed her parents. Yeah, there was mention of Snoke sending what? Kylo to kill her parents. Yeah, basically. Snoke ordered Kylo to kill Ray's parents. But I can't remember if it. I can't remember the reason as to why that would have been, though. What? Why would Snoke want her parents dead? And I don't think we get that. But I know that towards the fight, the idea is, is that another big thing that is Ben is not redeemed. It says at the fight, we get a lot of, we get more Force ghosts in this. We actually get physical Force ghosts of Luke, Obi Wan, and Yoda. Yeah. Which is something I would have liked to see within the Last Jedi. Is if we had not the Last Jedi, sorry, the Rise of Skywalker. Is if we had. Those Force Ghosts, because I love seeing Yoda in The Last Jedi. That was a big thing I yes. loved. Basically saying that he's too far gone and that Ben Solo has been extinguished. That was the wording used. And that, that's really interesting direction to go in. Yes. So we can see that he's really different. And I, I'm interested to know why they kind of changed that up. And one thing that actually, coming back to something that is really different scripts... And it's one thing of the complaints I do have about The Last Jedi. Finn and Rose did nothing. I love John Boyega. He is a fantastic actor. And the first time we ever meet Finn in The Force Awakens, this is so new to Star Wars. We've had a stormtrooper that went rogue. Yes. Stormtroopers were a yeah. joke growing up. As anyone has ever played the old PlayStation Star Wars games, if you were ever playing as a stormtrooper... If you jumped, you would, like, fall over on your ass, or you'd fall flat on your face. It's always the joke that stormtroopers can fire, but they never but like they never hit anything. No. Probably because they can't see. They can't see out those masks. It's that whole joke about, like, how did, like, C-3PO, like, not get shot on, like, Leia's rebel ship when, they, no. they're, they're the, when like, Darth Vader comes aboard. But with this one, we would have had Finn and Rose go to Coruscant. So we would have seen Coruscant again instead of it being destroyed. Yeah. To get to, to light the beacons like we like if we're in Gondor to kind of there's a hidden beacon hidden under an old Jedi temple on Coruscant to kind of signal the galaxy like we must rise up against the First Order so it's that instead of Lando. That would have been very interesting. Which is interesting. We haven't really touched on Lando because I love Billy D. Williams. No. I think it was. Interesting. I would have liked the idea for Lando to still appear in Jewel of the Fates if that was what. We went with. Yeah, and the idea that Ren Finn rallies his army of defected stormtroopers, so we would have seen him kind of trying to get other people involved. So instead of having... Is it Janice? Is Janice, yes. She was a stormtrooper? She was. We That was the thing. We didn't get really much of her backstory, apart from the possible hint that she might be Lando's daughter. Um, but that's about it, really. And then we have this idea of that when Rey defeats kind of the resistance and the allies you know they triumph over the combined might of the first order but they're on completely there's separate there's a battle areas. of Coruscant the battle of Coruscant where Contravaro may or may not have killed R2-D2 
He confirmed like two days ago on Twitter that he would never have killed Arthur. Wasn't there also a mention of Chewbacca flying an X-wing? Yeah, which I don't agree with. I'm sorry, Chewie belongs in the Falcon. Also, how would Chewie get in the X-wing? He's too big. Well, they are intelligent creatures, so he knows how to fly. Yeah, I know, but it's like getting into the X-wing. Like, yeah. how would, like the the lid wouldn't come down. Let's be honest, he's not going to work with a droid. No. He already doesn't like C-3PO half the time. He no. tolerates R2. But I think it's interesting. I mean, Colin Trevorrow hasn't... He's done films that have been okay. None of them have been amazing. No. In my opinion. Jurassic World is like a great fun film. And that, that, the article I've got here, which is on a screen round, said it, it did really well at the box office, but the critics didn't really like it. Um... And there's a, his passion project, which is a, book, a film called The Book of Henry, apparently did so badly, that's what kind of made Disney decide, out you go, buddy. You know, yeah. we can't be having this. But I think it's interesting to see where we could have gone. I generally would have believed if we could have merged these two scripts together and just ironed out some of the kinks. I think this may... If, if we could have done that, that would have been such an interesting direction to take Star Wars in. Yes, it would have done. So, 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 do you mean merging the rise of Skywalker with, with the, the Jewel, Jewel of the, the Fates? Fates? Yeah, because there's something. There are things in Jewel of the Fates that I actually really like the idea of. The one I wasn't so sure of is Palpatine um, having a master that's not Darth Plagueis in that. That bothered me. That's what, something. That... What could have been a possibility is obviously in, in Revenge of the Sith. He uh, Palpatine explains what happened to his master. He killed him in his sleep. But bearing in mind, Plagueis was a master of the... He was a master of the Force. He was able to manipulate the Force to create life. And he was also able to manipulate the Force to keep his loved ones alive. Mm -hmm. Was there any possibility that he could have manipulated the Force to keep himself from dying? Like a Horcrux, maybe. (laughs) Yes. It's almost like that kind of Horcrux situation. Like, if this version of me dies, is there another version that's just kind of waiting in the wings just in case? Yeah, and that... I, I would have liked the idea for there to be some sort of character like Darth Plagueis to make a return. I mean, that was my idea with Snoke. I was convinced Snoke... That was a big theory a going around. I was so on board that, that Snoke could have been, like, when Darth Plagueis the Wise died, that he kind of made a new body for himself. Similar to the idea that you had about Palpatine with the Legends comics. Yes. I think that would have been really interesting. But overall, I think people need to chill out because... This is a fun film. They are fun films at the end of the day. And that whole sequence when we hear the music swirling, we see all the ships, and hey, we get to see the ghost from Rebels. We got to see all the old X-Wings, and we got to see, you know, like Lando flying the Falcon again. Yes. Let's be honest, this is far better than Solo. Yeah. I haven't even watched Solo, because... I won't watch any other Han Solo than my my, my love of my life, Harrison. I saw... I, I have watched Solo once um i didn't think it was bad it just was not my favorite star wars film i've been told if you're going with low expectations it's all right which isn't what you want to hear but i think we need to kind of be doing our final thoughts now so final thoughts we have on the rise of skywalker how do you feel this trilogy has ended and how do you think the future of Star Wars is going to go? Because this is something for over the next year we are going to cover. At some point we are going to do an episode on The Mandalorian and getting ready for Season 2, which is coming out in autumn this year. Yes. Which is huge. We just got The Mandalorian Season 1 
in the United States and in other methods in the United Kingdom. <laughs> How do you feel that this is now going to move forward with kind of the Skywalker saga is now done? It is. I feel in terms of movies that continue throughout the years. So let's say, so the way Star Wars does their years is before the Battle of Yavin and after the Battle of Yavin. So for example, The Force Awakens is set, I believe, 35 years after the Battle of Yavin. I think you're right. Yeah, 35 years. I don't see how they're going to do another Star Wars film that's set any time after The Rise of Skywalker. There is a possibility that we might get comics and, you know, maybe fan fiction that sort of details what Rey did or what any other character did after the events of The Rise of Skywalker. But in terms of films that are set to continue the storyline, I don't see how... I don't see how this will be... I Well, this will be it, I feel. This will be it for this saga. And I feel after that, what we will end up getting is films and TV series that are set in the times before those films. So say, so The Mandalorian, for example. The Mandalorian is set five years after The Return of the Jedi, 25 years before The Force Awakens. So, you know, that is set in the past. It's the same with Rogue One. Rogue One was set literally straight after A New Hope. It mm -hmm. sets up the events of A New Hope. So that I, I feel like in terms of Star Wars films and TV shows, that's what we're going to get. We're going to get individual storylines that are based, or well, that are set during the films that we've already seen. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be really interesting to see where Star Wars is going to go now because we do have this massive world to explore with Disney+. Plus. We do. In the coming up episodes over the next year, we're going to be looking at The Mandalorian. We're going to be looking at Kenobi, which is probably the most exciting thing coming if that, out. If that is definitely happening, and I, I, I don't think it's going to be cancelled. I mean, those are just rumours. No. It's not confirmed that it's going to be cancelled. Ewan McGregor hasn't said anything about They've that. They've actually just announced that one of the directors from The Mandalorian, I can't remember her name, but she directed episode three and episode seven is going to be doing... Um, she's going to be one of the showrunners. Yes. And I'm really excited to see where we're going to see, go with this. Ken Kenobi, it would be an interesting Partic thing to touch on. I think particularly for Peter, for our generation as 90s kids who grew up with the prequels to see our... And I love Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi. He is the OG. He is the man that really gave him his personality. But to see Ewan McGregor. Yes. We grew up watching as obi-wan he's the best he's one of the best things about the prequels he is the best thing about the prequels he's amazing and it's going to be so interesting to see we're going to finally find out what happened whilst he was on tatooine yes and so i think this is going to be a really exciting year and thank you guys so much for listening to this first episode of real talk you know this is going to be a passion project for myself and matt who Absolutely. is going to be joining me on a few other episodes uh, we're going to try and do this fortnightly. I'm going to get as many people in, so stay tuned. We're going to be talking about uh, The Witcher, more Star Wars stuff, Marvel. We've got two Marvel nerds here in the room, and we've got a bunch of other friends that are going to be involved with this. And also, if you're interested in Outlander, let me know, because I might cover that, because we've got a new season coming out on the 16th of February. So you can drop us um, 
uh, a DM or give us a like on Instagram at realtalkpod, R-E-E-L-T-A-L-K-P-O-D. P-O-D. And you can follow me, KTMPain97 on Instagram. And you can follow Matthew at... Matthew underscore Tyrrell. So Tyrrell as in T-Y-R-R-E-L-L. So similar to Tyrell from the Game of Thrones. I was about to reference that. Yeah. So Matthew underscore Tyrrell underscore on Instagram. Thank you so much, you guys, for, for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you.